0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah! At plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
2: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast where we explore the best and the worst of unscripted TV. Documentaries, all the good zeitgeisty things that we love to hate, hate to love. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and I want to know how you guys are doing, my sweet trolls, sweet babes. How's your day? How you doing? What what what's on your mind? What what are you up to? Um, I'm sitting down for I'm sitting down for a little something different today. I'm gonna be doing a solo Q and A episode because it's sammy p's birthday week and because she deserves a week off to go gallivanting and because i just want to sit down and have a little chat with you guys i do these from time to time on my instagram and so i asked for your cues and i've got my a's for you i the variety of questions made me laugh and appreciate you guys so much more than i already do how is that possible nobody knows it Basically defy science at this point. I just love you guys. Once again, feeling very seen with the types of questions you were asking. So, I've divided them into two categories. Okay, there's going to be pop culture, and then there's personal. And pop culture is, you know, as as described. Um, And for personal, there's some fun ones, and there's more serious ones that I've been wanting to kind of get off my chest for a while. Um, But it's heavier. Um, So I'll put it at the end and just just skip over that. If you uh, just want to keep it, I was going to say keep it light, keep it tight. I think you can listen to this whole thing and still keep it tight uh, regardless. But if you want to keep it light, I'll put timestamps in the episode description, just like read it, skip around to wherever you want. Okay, and so a little update on this whole advertisement fiasco for any of you guys have been who've been following along. Um, we've gone from this podcast being, you know, a labor of love that makes zero dollars to making a few cents with ads great. Um, but I can select or unselect broad categories of advertisements that don't line up with my ethics and values. And obviously I can't take that to greatest extent that i can because we live in a society but definitely have eliminated categories like politics not just right-wing politics but just all politics because it's just stressful but these sneaky sneaks snuck in their ads uh because they labeled it as something different than political ads i don't know they named it (laughs) something like home and baking um and it was like republican bullshit and so some of you guys were like hey (laughs) red alert and then Others, poor new listeners, were like, hey, I'm new here. Is this something we do around here? So <laughs> fucking, it's been a fucking, it's my nightmare, basically. I mean, it, it. when you work at a regular job and you have a big screw up, you know, I don't know, maybe like two to ten people find out, maybe more, maybe less. Um, but when you're podcasting and you screw up, oh, you got a couple thousand people that witness it. So that's fun and so anyway then i came back on i said all right this was a mistake and i think we fixed it so but if you if you see anything sketchy let me know and then i got a new wave of ads from some of you guys who said that you were getting ads for crazy diet pills like crazy like lose a bajillion whatever in a week and i was like okay well like once again I just hadn't considered what to look out for because there's health and wellness as a category, but I was thinking like, okay, I don't know. You'll get like a coupon to Orange Theory. That's fine. Um, But instead, I don't know. We're taking it to a place of like 2005 infomercial at 3 a.m. And so I tried to, I, I once again tried to fix that. But if you see something, say something again. I think I worked it out, but if you hear something sketchy ad-wise that's stressful or weird, please let me know. DM me on Instagram. It's become a whole thing or email me. Whatever. Just let me know. Send smoke signals, courier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Just let me know and I will do my best. Uh, but the funniest iteration with, of that was my Australian friend Kalia told me that there have been, she's been getting these repeat ads that are these anti-weed PSAs which it's not even against my ethics it's just hilarious because you guys know you guys know I'm a little I'm a little weed gremlin you know you know mama doesn't really like to drink you know I like to have a little smoke and play my phone games um and and so she was (laughs) so I was like what are the ads saying and she said that it's these ads are like don't smoke weed. It's a slippery slope. And so I'm just, I'm just upset. I don't know. It was very entertaining for me at the tail end of all these different fiascos to find out that my Australian listeners are getting ads telling you to just, just say nar, Just say Gnar. Uh, it's a slippery slarp. Just say Gnar. All right. <laughs> like Again, is this, is this dare in 1995? Like what, what is happening here? <laughs> but also, hey, you know what? I support wherever you're at on your journey. Maybe maybe that is a helpful message to you. And if that's true, I support that. So maybe you can take this clip um, and just replay it because I don't think you're going to be getting those ads anymore. Um, but you can go back to this episode and just listen. Listen to me. Just say "nar." All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's enough. That's enough of that. Oh, exciting news. I am going to be doing a little live show. I have teamed up with Meredith Lynch and we're going to be hitting Somerville, Massachusetts. It's just outside of Boston. July 26, 2023. I can't wait. I'll be posting all the info about it on Instagram, TikTok, everything. Meredith is just the type of person to make things happen. Doing a live show is on my vision board this year, but I didn't really dare ask around because so I didn't think I was really at that point yet, but we're just doing this tiny little venue and she just asked if I want to do it with her and do like a full in the shit pop culture rundown in person. And hopefully this can be a stepping stone to be the first of many. I would love to go to many different locations, but we're going to start here. So that's about it. Um, I want to get into this week's episode, but first... You know what it is. You know what time it is. I would love if you could support the pod and you can support by subscribing to Patreon and get an ep- extra episode every week. Um, you can also just for free hit it with five stars. Um, for free, you can send me a little, little air kiss um, and tell me I'm doing a good job. Um, I can do the same back to you if that's your thing. Uh, and also what else oh my god i feel like i feel like a person with a with a trench coat that's like opening it up and it has a, all the, like different products in it like i'm just peddling my wares because i have my book which is up on you can buy it at all the places you can buy books um i also have merch coming out i have troll stroll merch coming out it's just the day for announcements i wasn't going to say most of this but i uh, i don't know we're at just that point of like over caffeinated where it's like I don't know. It's like caffeine drunk a thing because I'm that right now. I don't care. We're just getting crazy. Okay, let's get into it. And so without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So first of all, okay, so pop culture. First of all, we've got, do you like celebs that have the same sun and moon combos as you? That's a very good question. I actually have never thought of any celebrities that have both my sun and moon i had to look it up and the answers are mixed bag so we've got matthew mcconaughey no not a big fan gordon ramsey yes i actually am a fan um lord yeah she's fine oh jenny mccarthy dear god no uh <laughs> i mean all i really know of her like what was she famous for originally i'm like blanking out all i'm remembering is like the vaccine early she was like an early vaccine misinformation spreader so that's fun uh, but as for Scorpio celebrities it's like a mixed bag of moody people like the ones that always come to mind well we've got Kendall Jenner who's my birthday twin and I always say that I really relate to her in all aspects we both suffer from anxiety we've both dealt with um, and struggled through acne and the comparisons just go on and on so actually the other Scorpio in the family that I genuinely love and respect is Kris Jenner I think she's an evil genius mastermind and she is to be studied closely uh yeah I don't know like the rest of them I know Beyonce has a Virgo moon I try to remember that because I get really hard on myself with my Virgo moon it's at a really difficult aspect and It's like all the pickiness of like Virgos is just turned inward on myself. So that's fun. Uh, Okay. Next question is most important pop culture moment this year so far. Okay. This is maybe not super significant to the world, but to me, seeing Rihanna coming out and performing after so many years of not performing and being pregnant and just wearing such a, such a cool outfit. I loved her, like her and her backup dancers outfits. Um, It made me excited. I I know even about the performance. Some people found it overwhelming and to them, I say, I don't know. Well then (laughs) I guess just like watch the football then if you don't like the halftime show. I don't know. I, I loved it. And I thought it was a great pace for a pregnant lady and also I don't, Rihanna's never been known for an, like, being an explosive performer. She's born known for like just bringing like great vibes and like powerful eye contact and just like, I don't know, being sultry up on stage. So I, I loved it. Uh, what? I, I'm curious to hear what, in your guys' opinion, I don't know, we're almost – are we halfway through the year? Almost – what was your most culturally important pop culture moment so far this year? I don't know. Like honestly, I've been having a little bit of a crisis because I've been a bit, a bit despondent about pop culture news in general because it it ends up making me spiral. Every almost every news article lately. Maybe I'm just going through something. I'll get more into it in the personal section, but I'll explain what I mean. Like so, I'll read about like pop culture news. So it's like. Okay, at the Met Gala, they're honoring Karl Lagerfeld, and Karl Lagerfeld is a bigoted asshole. Okay, so that's bad. But then it's like it's my mind goes to like a really depressing place where I'm like, yeah, okay, of course it's bad. It sucks. These celebrities are selling out and honoring him, or maybe they never really care in the first place. But then I'm like thinking about where the rest of our clothes were made us like the peasants the regular people um most of us have to buy fast fashion because that's what we can afford and like thinking about who makes those clothes which to me is like way more of a problem than some um dead guy who hated fat people you know um I don't know that's really depressing And like it's things like that where I have been just going down this on this like mental hamster wheel I don't know. I got to rally. I got to get my head out of the gutter. The whole reason why I love pop culture in the first place is because, because it's fun and distracting and keeps me occupied. And it gives me a break from after I've read the news and I'm truly spiraling. So I got to rally with that. Okay. Next question. Have you watched the Duggar, the Dugger documentary? I have not. Um, We did a recap of the Duggar family or rather the show 19 kids and counting but we got into the insidious parts of the Duggars and it was interesting because right at the end we talked about all the children who have grown up and who have started defecting from the family and rebelling against them and what they've had to go through and all the court court case horrors um surrounding them and so I don't know. It was such a hard episode to record. It was very important. I'm glad we did, but the content of it just left me feeling so gross after, but I should, I should watch the Dougher documentary. Cause I'm glad, I'm glad the gals are getting empowered and leaving their horrific parents behind. Um, that's at least the impression I get <laughs> from my research. And by research, I mean, watching the trailer, uh, I'll, I'll watch it. I th- shiny, happy people, right? Okay. Next question. Okay. There's a few about the Kardashians, so I'll just condense them. So the first one is something you wish the Kardashians would come clean about. Uh, I have been saying this and I will still, I will repeat it. So it's kind of, it's been done and it's been said that uh, obviously they've had work done. Obviously they did deny it. People want them to come clean about it. I want to know, everything about their surgeries and everything surrounding it like I want to know a full rundown of like do people come to their house do they go to them I'm sure because they're all getting so much work all the time and we all know there's this dramatic recovery time where you know you look rough and you're covered in bandages and swollen so like Do they have an opera? Like, does Chris have, like, a dungeon that's, like, a surgery room? Do they all have that in their basements? Like, Kim has a full industrial kitchen for staff, for, like, a staff of, like, dozens of people in her house. It's not out of the realm of possibility that one of them has a place in their house to do surgery or, like, where do they do it? What is their recovery plan, like, how do they, do they all have to like, I guess, quarantine in their house or do do they go and stay with each other? Would they sync it up and get surgery at the same time and like hang out with each other? So they've like someone to keep each other company while they're recovering. And this is the thing that I keep like coming back to is so many people have surgery and then you have to take you don't have to, but you pretty much you take pain pills after and those are highly addictive. So have any of them had troubles with pill addictions? How has that gone? Are they like on pills now? What's the deal? I really that's what I really want to know, because that's one of the least discussed parts of surgeries. And yet every time you're watching a show like an intervention or just a sh- any show about addiction and people are addicted to pain meds it tends to start from a surgery most of the time or like some kind of like an injury so i really i like desperately want to know that about them um i love how they're like we're gonna be open and honest and like it's like kylie being like we've set an unrealistic standard but it's like they're just gonna graze everything i don't know i watched the first episode of their new season it was so painful i don't know if i'm gonna watch anymore it was so bad it was so bad. It it was just, it was five minutes of roller skating at the beginning. It was 20 minutes of Kylie um, and Kendall driving manual uh, and like none, nothing, no drama. So I don't know. Um, which actually, okay. Which actually needs leads to our next question. Is this the beginning of the end for the car Jenner clan or will they rebound as okay? As much as public sentiment is like, people are done with them people are over over it uh, i don't think they'll ever get to the same level they were in maybe let's say 20 i'm going to say 2016 to 2019 i don't think they're going to get to that same point um, but that being said there's so many of them and there's so many children i think that they will have a rebound at some point i think even even if it's like the kids you know I could very well seeing see the Rebound being like all of the kids. They've had cameras in their face their whole life. And so some of them are going to want to be on camera in in their older age. Like I'm sure some of them are going to pull a Rob and just disappear and never be on camera ever again once they get older. And some of them are going to want to show. Like I'm thinking right now of um, the John john and kate plus eight the the goslin kids like they had uh eight oh my god i was gonna say how, oh my god i'm in dumb bitch mode clearly i was gonna say how many kids do they have they had eight it was john and kate plus eight i w- okay <laughs> we're gonna pretend that didn't happen they had eight kids and there's two or three that only talk to john and are cut off from the rest of the kids and one that just did a public interview and the rest are quiet. And I don't know, like out of all of those kids, I think some of them are we're going to see them pretty soon. Speaking up, we had the first one speak up. They're they're teenagers now. I I guess I'm also interested in the wave of just general kids that grew up in the public eye speaking out. There's going to be many, many documentaries many things covering the horrors of what they've gone through there there already are those first waves but really the 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 kids that are the kids who grew up like that that are teenagers now they were just the kids of bloggers or like smaller youtubers like youtuber when when youtube was smaller so as much as what they've experienced is very difficult that many of them have expressed like it's nothing like Just the kids that grew up where it's like millions are watching a video about like them getting their first period or like being bullied or coming out and like just all those things. And there's like merch of their faces like though I want to I want to hear from those kids um, if they want to speak up when they get older, because we're like, it's really bad. And we know that, but I don't think we even fully can know just how bad it is for them. Okay, next question is, can we have a full breakdown of Katie Holmes and her daughter escaping from Scientology? Uh, I don't know if all of you guys have heard the Scientology episode that we did a few months back. We touched on this a little bit in it, but I'll give you more of a rundown because it's really remarkable. It's nothing short of remarkable and incredible and like kind of miraculous how all the stars align so that Tom Cruise couldn't like sink his hooks into either of them either Katie or Surrey. like he's such an I'm gonna say it like he's an evil man um after watching the Scientology documentary and doing so much research on him and how high up he is in such an evil organization I, I'm just gonna say that with my whole chest like he's having this comeback uh in Hollywood's like I mean I don't even know if he was ever gone but he's filming movies and people love him but he has he has been behind so much so much pain and suffering and potentially worse whatever go listen to the Scientology uh episode for full rundown if you're interested but as for Katie it's it's pretty well known that um Nicole Kidman when they divorced uh she lost visitation rights of the kids like he managed to finagle his way into getting um most of visitation rights of the kids like he wants he wants control basically it seems he wants everyone in his circle to follow scientology and if they don't like bad things start to happen but katie holmes was very aware of this and she planned it really far in, in advance so she devised this strategic plan this was in the summer of 2012 so she planned to escape the marriage but she did it with so much preparation. So first she rented an apartment. Um, It was set up to a year in advance. And the reason for that was so that she could claim that she had been living in New York as her permanent residency. You need to live in a state for a certain amount of time or have a lease in a place to prove that. Because So it was initially reported that Tom Cruise wanted to basically hash out their divorce in California, which typically favors divorcing parents to have joint custody. But Katie wanted full custody. And New York is more favorable to that with the the divorce laws. So that was the first thing. She rented an apartment about a year ahead of time, like a separate apartment that Tom didn't even know about. Um, She fired a ton of people on the staff and created this inner circle of people that only she was connected to because, uh, like, he had hired all this staff. When they started dating, he hired um, extra staff that were basically his staff, but serving her. Um, So ultimately answering to Tom. And she replaced them with her own staff. And they were providing her with burner phones. Like, it was a full-on, like, kind of CIA-style operation. And so... She was speaking with New York lawyers uh, with her burner phone when he would go away. Uh, the divorce ended up being only ten days. It was one of the quickest in Hollywood history. Like um, I and I guess of just general divorces, I don't. I've never heard of a divorce being finalized in ten days. But she had also preemptively set up. She had contacted three different law firms in three different states just in case um, Tom Cruise wanted to fight her for for visitation rights outside of their state because they, they're they celebrities and they would lived in all these different places. So she had everything in a row. And even before she had ever gotten married, her father was a divorce attorney. So that helped. He made this very, very strong prenup uh, that just made a very quick... Easy division of money and property, like just quick and dirty, and so she managed to pull it off, so she was granted full custody of surrey. um Tom Cruise was awarded visitation rights, but it's rumored that they've been estranged since the divorce because Surrey and Katie don't follow Scientology, so very, very wild. Oh, and the final piece of the puzzle was that she waited until he went to Iceland to film a movie before calling him and saying that she was filing for a divorce so that he couldn't. I don't know. Like, it, I mean, it just makes sense when you learn about how deep and how insidious the networks of Scientology go, that you would want them to have like the least amount of like home, home team advantage, home court advantage. I'm trying to use sports terms, but I don't really, I'm just kind of like winging it. I, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like home, He's not on the home turf. (laughs) Okay. I should just not try to make sports metaphors, but he was away in Iceland. Okay. He was far away. And she's like, I'm divorcing your ass. It's basically going to be finalized. Like by the time you're home and he had no choice. So we love, we love it. We love to see, we love to see a girl boss winning. We love to see a girl boss getting out of the clutches of, um, a very destructive cult. Okay. Next question. Curious if big pop culture drama from the UK makes the news elsewhere, i.e. Philip Schofield. Uh, So I'm sorry. I don't know who Philip Schofield is. If any British listeners want to fill me in on the tea, please DM me. I'm here for international tea. We don't get a ton of UK news. Like, and I'm saying UK news in that, like if the celebrity is big enough, like if they're from the UK, but they're Big globally, then yeah, we'll hear about them, but not kind of like niche UK pop culture news. But that being said, I have been wanting to do content on a UK show for a while, um, but I'm not qualified to do it on my own. so I found a Brit uh, in a couple weeks. I'm gonna be recording an episode covering the show. The Only Ways Essex, oh my god, okay, I will, I'm, I'm actually going to put aside my bad accents for that episode, I promise you guys, um, but I'm going to be covering The Only Ways Essex with Gabriella, um, known as Gabriella on Instagram, um, you might know her as Velvet Ghost on YouTube, she's one of the like OG beauty YouTubers, and so yeah, she's agreed to come on and we're going to be covering the show and, and having a laugh, she's going to be bridging all the little little bits and bobs of UK culture that I don't know about because I want to get I want to get into other drama like other shows I, I mean if actually if you're listening if you're from a non-North American like if you have non-North American reality TV to send my way please do um, because I don't know there's like a world of trashy TV out there that I've yet to discover And I want to watch it all. So send it my way.
3: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: Next question. (laughs) Do do we think Taylor Swift being a cokehead explains Matt Healy? (laughs) Um, I love this question. I mean, by the time uh, between the time that this question was asked and me now recording, they've reported to have broken up. Um, All right. Well, (laughs) that's that, I guess. Like, okay, this whole there's like a rumor about her being a cokehead or like just having done coke. And I don't like I don't know what truth there is to that like at this point in my life the the, one of the truest things that I've realized is that uh the whole world does coke like not everyone but way more people than I would have thought as a young as a youngin like it just is a thing and it's one of those things I it's actually fun like I was gonna say it's weird that I've never done it it's not weird it's just it's something that has never appealed to me. Like no one's ever marketed it properly to me. If someone was like, yes, this is the best thing ever. You have to try this. You, it is life-changing and incredible. Like I would be like, sure. But it's, I only ever hear about people having regrets and I've been around so much of it in my life and haven't like super loved what I've seen. Um, I mean like whatever, no, no, like you guys, you guys know there's no judgment. There's none of that. I just – I don't give a – like, but I just – it's not my thing, and it makes me a little squeamish to be around, and so I don't know. That being said, uh, I'm just going to assume if you're an adult that you've done coke unless, like, otherwise specified, and Taylor Swift I see is, like, no different. I think she's just is about herself, and she always has been, and so, you know, she can – i was gonna say date someone who has insulted everyone but her he even i mean he has insulted her in the past said like it would be emasculating to date taylor swift um but yeah she is i think kind of frozen in time in like mature maturity wise in her early 20s um and i think most people make bad dating decisions in their early 20s um it's a little different to be you know dating a having a fling, very public fling with like a pretty bigoted guy on a public stage, but she is also human. And, um, the, the very, there's, there's the very human thing of very powerful women, uh, dating down to grungy washed up men. That's just a (laughs) tale as old as time. So I don't know. I guess that's that. Um, the, actually, the next question is la- the last Taylor Swift one is, who would I pair Taylor Swift with, boy or girl? If it were up to me, I would say single. Um, by her own timeline, she hasn't really been single as far as I've known, except for maybe like the odd month here and there. And it's just a really great, it's a really great thing to experience. If you're able to be single for a while, do it. It's the best. If you haven't been and you become single all of a sudden, um it's very shocking to the system and kind of feels like a small inner soul death for a bit, and then it you turn a corner and it becomes incredible, and you like it's like all the tropes you start learning about yourself and it's very empowering, like very freeing um and I think she could use a little bit of that so so yeah, um, okay, next question this is. <laughs> Are Allie and James from Vanderpump Rules um is this a Giselle and Tom Brady situation in that, okay, they're they're referencing, because I asked for clarification. They're asking if like, so Giselle was known or is known as a very powerful witch. She's talked about all this witchcraft that she's done, um, that she does in her life and that she did to get Tom Brady ahead and have him staying on top. And as soon as they divorced, Obviously divorce is hard on people, on everyone. But he looked rough. Like he looked like he had been attacked on like a soul level, like I share. I'm not kidding. Like Google like Tom Brady uh at like a press conference like post divorce, he looks like he's seen shit. Like he's so spooked and thin and worn out and it's like my like what happened? Like what happened to him? Um it really makes me believe in the powers of Giselle Bunchin. And they're asking, like, if, if Ali has those same powers and if she's keeping James, like, winning. Um, I think we just like to reward – I don't – I think we just like to reward kind of, like, I don't want to say mediocrity. Because with James, it's not mediocrity. It's more that he's a very compelling guy who makes, like, really great TV and he's very funny. But he's also, I think, an, like, an abusive asshole. So – but, like, he's so entertaining that, like, it's it's easy for people to forget about that part. And then Allie comes along and she's, like, all into astrology and, you know, um, magic, tarot, all those things. I don't necessarily think she's, like, pushing James to the top. I mean, people are even celebrating basically anyone who's not Sandoval, like, they're also mad at Schwartz, but they're kind of letting him off the hook just because he's not Sandoval. Like, he's still filming a show, the show where he's on Mars or whatever. Also, Allie is relatively young. She's, what, like, 26, 27? So she still has some growing to do and, like, I think also just wants to be on the show, which I don't falter for that. But I think that's their case. I don't think she's doing the same kind of, like, whatever powerful magic Giselle was doing on Tom while they were married. I I genuinely believe in that. Um. Next question: Did you know Chelsea Handler just became obsessed with Vanderpump Rules? Weirdly excited about it. I didn't know that, but it's it's okay. It's this very weird thing because obviously I'm living my best like neurodivergent life. I get very very fixated on things, little topics that I I cannot stop talking about. And one of them was like Pump Rules is like a niche thing um, that I have just been obsessed with and so has Sam. And so we had a podcast with no mics for many years, <laughs> just sitting on our couch for hours talking about the same stuff that we were talking about and then had the podcast and everyone was like, okay, please limit the Vanderpump Rules talk, which I completely understand. But it kind of feels like it's like those people that are obsessed with like trains or dinosaurs. And, like, you know that this is not something that everyone's interested in. It would be like if you had a hobby like that and all of a sudden the world is obsessed with trains or dinosaurs. Am I making sense? Do you know what I mean? Um, It's just wild. It's kind of beyond my comprehension. I'm like, all right, yeah, the more the merrier. Theories about the big reveal at the reunion, I don't know. I'm exhausted. It could be anything. I think I'm just going to expect it to be underwhelming. Unless otherwise... Specified. I'm just going to expect it to be underwhelming because I don't want to get my hopes up, you know? All right. And now we're going to take a brief pause to talk about our sponsor on this week's podcast, Athletic Greens. I gave AG1 a try because as you know and maybe you live the same lifestyle that i like to have about 3 to 4 beverages around me at all times throughout the day um it's comforting uh it you know it's like basically the adult version of like my blankies. is i like to have i like to have my tea my juice my etc and so now it's nice to have one of those beverages be one that's making me feel good it tastes good um i take AG1 first thing in the morning um i bring it with me on my troll stroll and it makes me feel like i'm covering my bases it's giving me uh, a little boost of energy without that sharp like caffeine you know mid-afternoon crash i don't know if you guys get that too and it's one of those things where i i've i've had so many different supplements and vitamins um, throughout the years and it turned into such an elaborate routine that it's something that wasn't really sustainable for me. I kind of fell off with all of it but AG1 has helped me so much because it's replaced all of the hoopla, all the fanfare. It's just one scoop of the powder into your water once a day. That's it. Bing bang boom and it it actually is one of the few green powders that I've tried that taste good because I've tried mm, about infinity green powders and uh, they're usually honestly a little nasty. And so I thought also that that was something that I had to leave behind was the gritty, sharp green powders of the world. AG1 has replaced that because it's smooth, it's tasty, um, goes down nice and easy and With every scoop, it has 75 vitamins, minerals, has high-quality ingredients, sourced from whole foods. Um, I've been able to stick with it consistently with my AG1 um, because it's delivered to me monthly. So it's not another thing to add to my to-do list. It shows up on my doorstep. I don't really have to think about it too much. I take it in the morning and I get going and that's it. And I've taken the single-serving travel packs with me when I've gone on trips and... They have the powder and they have the single serving travel packs that I take with me on trips um, to actually keep my very nervous tum just nice and calm and feeling good. And so yeah, I mix the powder into into my water during the first thing in the morning and I have been finding that it helps with my mood swings, it helps with my energy, and so it's just something that has been a really nice part of my morning. It makes my my mornings better, it makes my troll strolls more pleasant, so if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash become. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash become. Check it out. Okay. And now we're going to get into some personal questions. We've got some light ones. We've got some uh, existential, uh, deep, profound, and heavy ones. We're going to throw it all in here because that's what we like to do. We're all about jarring shifts in energy here at Whole Thing Industries. Okay, so starting it off with a banger, do you have a favorite kind of pickle? Okay, it's all of them. I love all of them. I know some people, there's a lot of like debate about the sweet versus sour. I'll take them all, but I'm going to tell you something that I need you guys to know going into summer, which is that... When you are making a potato salad, if you cut up, um, you take a pickle, cut it up really small, throw it in there, even two pickles, put a splash of pickle juice into the potato salad. It is the secret to the best potato salad. You'll show up to the picnic, show up to the public, whatever. You're going to wow everyone. Okay? There's even like there's, you know, then I'm not even going to get into the debate of creamy versus non creamy potato salad. This works for both. Try it and thank me later. Okay, that's that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, okay. Next question: Do you think the Canadian national anthem is a banger? All right, I have a question for you guys, and I don't know. This might just be a me thing, and I don't really have an explanation for it. I get unexplained embarrassment at like national anthems, any kind of like big ceremony and assembly. I I don't know why. Like, graduations, uh, national anthems. I just, I feel like I want to crawl in a hole and disappear. And I've always had that. Like, I skipped my high school graduation because I just, I don't know. I couldn't handle it. Um, I don't know if this is maybe because I'm from Quebec. Like, I'm from French Canada where they never play the national anthem here because they're all about (laughs) Quebec. They kind of treat Quebec like it's its own country. Like, there's no... There's barely any Canadian flags here. People don't celebrate Canada Day. They celebrate Quebec Day, like St. Jean-Baptiste Day. It's all about rejecting that we're from the country of Canada. So I don't know if that's what's led to it. But I just, I don't know. There's something about, like, maybe also because I don't watch sports. So I'm never really in situations where it happens. But the few times I am, I'm, like, pulling my shirt up over my face. And I can't handle it. Um, So that's... That's my answer slash question to you guys. Next question is advice to someone new to mushrooms for positive experience. Okay, so um I'm assuming you mean psychedelic mushrooms, psychoactive like psilocybin mushrooms. And okay, so I am, for anyone new here, I'm a big harm reduction girly. I'm trained in this. I've worked in the field of harm reduction um, lots in the past, and I'm very passionate about this. So my caveat to this is they, um, they're not for everyone, okay? It's like this very trendy thing now. Every, like, Silicon Valley tech bro work conference now, they, like, are like, let's take mushrooms and ayahuasca, (laughs) brainstorm together. It's really, it's not for everyone. If there's a gut feeling that you have that you don't want to do it or that you have like certain um, psychiatric like profiles in your family, like um, schizoaffective disorder, schizophrenia, things like that, it's really not recommended. And just if you feel like you're not up to it, also if you are not in a great state of mind, I always say don't do it. Um, Your mentality going into it is important. Um, That being said, this is for the people who want to try it out. There are a lot of things that you can do to set yourself up to be comfortable. So first of all, choose a really comfortable environment. Have people around that you're really comfortable with. Um, Have some little, like, I like to be a party mom and have Just all kinds of supplies just on hand from working with people that are having this is for people who have gone you know, way too far and also generally taken a lot of different types of substances. But there's the people that have had psychiatric emergencies because of these. And that's who I've helped in the past in my harm reduction um, work that I've done like at festivals, you kind of have to treat them like the same way as toddlers in that like you want to have give them the option of like warm clothes, a little snack, a little granola bar, like a little tea or like juice. It really can like turn things around, and that's not just for people that are having an emergency. I'm not trying to like scare you, but I like to cover all my bases. So like have those things ready. And for someone who's just feeling um, unsettled, it's wild how much like a little juice, a little juice box can make people feel better. I'm talking about. I've given this to, like, grown men uh, who are like, bro, I don't need your help. And I give them a juice box and they're like, settle down, you know. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, don't um, don't look past, like, little things like that and how nice they can be. A little blanket. You just want to be cozy. Um, uh, mushrooms can irritate your stomach. I have a very sensitive stomach. And so something that I, well, I don't do them anymore, but when I used to, You can brew them in a tea. So, you can boil them in a tea. You just boil them in some water for 10 minutes. You can let them sit. The longer you let them steep, the stronger that they are. And add in some fresh ginger and mint and honey, and it'll taste really good and it'll be nice and gentle. Um, You know, be mindful of the quantity. Don't eyeball it. Like, get a really good scale for the quantity or get someone who's experienced to tell you because to an inexperienced person like you'll just see a bag, a little bag of them and it might not seem like much. Um but you don't want to end up taking what uh like Terence McKenna or or no, what Paul Stamets like the mycology guru calls a heroic dose. Don't don't go down that route. Um the other thing and this goes for any substances, you can always take more, you can never take less always err on the side of less you would be so shocked at how much less you need than you think and in those cases like the worst that can happen is you're like oh well I didn't quite have like as wild of a time as I wanted that that regret will never be as not nearly on the same scale as if um, you're regretting, you know, going too far and pushing yourself over the limit. You can always take more down the line. I would recommend even starting with a microdose, which is you can get capsules or um, what have you. Just It's like a, such a small amount. It's almost imperceptible to the body, but it's, it's in your system and you'll still feel some effects from it. You can start with that and creep up from there. But you really don't need to like send yourself over the edge. There's n- no benefit from that. Like you really want to just see how it works for you. And the best way to do that is start low and go slow. And I wishing you the best of luck. Uh all right, that's my little harm reduction spiel. Okay. Next question. How many pairs of shoes do you own? This is a funny question for me because I lived my whole 20s with two pairs of shoes. I had, I'm not, okay, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a pygmy girl, you guys, I swear, but I had a pair of running shoes and a pair of blundstones, and it genuinely didn't occur to me that, like, you could need other shoes. I was just like, oh, yeah, you have these for running, and then these for, like, hiking, Um, but the blundstones, you can also go out in, go to the bar, like, go to nice events. Like, I would just, I would rock up in my blundies, like, true mountain dirtbag style and mind you like I was also in a small town where like no one really got dressed up and if you did people would be like where where are you going like why do you look like that um so that was one thing but uh I don't know it's just funny that it like it didn't occur to me I'm like why why would I need aesthetic shoes if I'm not interested in the aesthetics and now it's completely different I've been telling you guys ad nauseum about my fashion journey and also doesn't hurt that I'm with dating like a sneaker shoe obsessed person. So now I think I own, I don't know, like 10 pairs. Um, but the most fun thing is I just discovered high heels like this year. Um, I had a friend send me some high heeled boots to get and was like, okay, ba- basically he just <laughs> sends me outfits and it's like you need to try this on. You need to buy this. Like, um, and I I love I love being bossed around with fashion. I it's still one of those things that I never really want to sort out for myself. I just want someone to fully take the reins, um, who has like trust uh taste that I trust. Uh and I try them on and I actually was fine. I've worn heels when I was much younger and I was wobbling around and could barely stand. And with these somehow, I don't know, they were pretty high, but they were kind of chunky, and I was walking around, I was having drinks, I was dancing, um, and yeah, I and I was fine, and I felt powerful, so that's been a fun little, like, mid-30s new discovery. I like heels. Okay, next question. Can you do a paint and sip collab with Oliver? He can teach us paint magic paint techniques. I guess for paint and sip, like, I guess neither of us really drank except for, like, a a drink or two every, maybe, like, few months. But I'm sure you could do, like, a mocktail for a paint and sip. I wanted to get Oliver on the mic just for a few minutes, just for funsies. But he's very shy and quiet, uh, so I don't know how that would go. But also, like, he's very into art and like it's something that he goes like very deep into this like inner world. Like it's the type of thing. I don't know. He's like very studied it for like a few decades and is very into his craft. I don't know. I'll ask him. I'm trying to I I I really don't take my own advice because I'm always talking about how like you don't need to turn every hobby into something that you make money off of. But then I'm always trying to push him (laughs) and like bully him into selling his paintings online. So we'll see about that the next question is how do you live i.e what time do you wake up what do you do when do you go to sleep who do you hang out with i love this because i always want to know the same about other people always like i want to know how everyone lives i want to know i want to know the full like gossip on everyone's lives like in the ins and outs and like what your life is looking like Like when i'm asking at the top of the show i'm not kidding like i'm not joking with you guys i really am like how are you (laughs) like please tell me (laughs) and some of you guys do dm me and let me know and i love that i'm not it's not a rhetorical question um but for me i so i work freelance so some of that is like the patreon and um like a little money from the podcast and i also like i make Videos and content for other people—a mishmash of things. I have the book; it's a whole assortment. Basically, I set my own schedule, and I have a rude awakening at nine thirty. I know I'm lucky to be able to say that, um, but it's like it's not like a natural wake up. Like I have to set my alarm, and every morning do like a grumpy negotiation with myself. Um, I like to go to bed at like 1:32 a.m. I think if I was truly left to my own devices, it, I would be like a wake up at 11, go to bed at like 3 a.m. Like I just, I thrive in the cover of night. Like I love it. It feels like my special like time to myself. Like the world has gone to sleep and it's just me. I know that's how morning people feel too, but I feel very vindicated ever since I read a study saying that you're born with a diurnal rhythm. Like basically. That you're born either a morning or night person so all those morning people who are like this is the only way to live and be healthy um you know you guys (laughs) you guys need to piss off all right because some of us it just will never come naturally to us but what do i do like i'm assuming i mean i guess you most likely know what i do for work but like i i have really been spending so much time by myself And right now I live alone and I really like it. And it's really, it's impossible to know, like, what is post pandemic? What is just me now being my mid thirties? Like, what is me dealing with a lot of like griefy stuff? But I'm in a place where I really don't have a ton of energy for socializing and, I used to live like in the small town I lived in out West. I was like a block away from all my friends. And it's a really, really special setup to have in your adult life. Like something that I was very lucky to be able to have. And I knew I'd be giving up when I moved here. Like I still know some people in Montreal um, that I, I see from time to time, which is really nice. But yeah, I'm spending more and more time alone. And that's kind of like what I have capacity for. I mean, I also, you know, talk about like I don't know what is the cause of it, or if there's many different things causing me to be more and more like just loving my solitude. But I'm in a place where, like, I I've been (laughs) I've been talking about this whole autism diagnosis thing because of, I mean, because of TikTok. Like, that's what started it off. That's where we are getting our information. I don't know if that's us or the row, we, or what, but I, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to see a specialist. I'd seen a psychiatrist and they were like, you know, it's too complicated because you're an adult and you take meds. So we'll send you to a specialist, but it's an eight or nine month wait list. So I'm still waiting. But in the meantime, I, um, I took the rads test. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's like this, basically it's like one of the most kind of uh, cl- as close as you can get to kind of an accurate self diagnosis is the type of thing where it's pretty credible and like you take a test and you give it to whatever expert you're going to see. um It's spelled like R A A D S dash R. It's like this autism test, and I scored so high on it. <laughs> I also took. They also have another test on their website, the Cat Q test, like C A T dash Q. Just Google these things if you want to take it for yourself, but it's about masking. And I also scored so high for masking. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care if that's my actual diagnosis. The fact is that any content helping um, people with autism has been helpful to me. And any creators that I've been following who are um, high powered, intelligent women who have autism, who've been talking about their experience and trials and tribulations has been incredibly illuminating and helpful for me. So I think I'm in this process of just Demasking, and it's uncovering a whole load of bullshit, but also like taking a weight off of me. And I think that's also what's making me realize that I want to lean more into like my solitude and just my peace and quiet if this is if this is resonating with you and you're wanting to follow any of these creators, the the one that's been the most helpful to me is Rachel Essan um, Rachel I S S A N on TikTok. She's also on Instagram. She just s- travels the world. She's such a boss. She works on diversity and inclusion with with major corporations, and just is so matter of fact. And has really, really convinced me of that. I can just advocate for myself, and that I'm not just being high maintenance. That there's different needs that I have that I'm very good at covering up, but it's always to my own detriment. So, yeah. Okay, so the last question, there's a few different variants on, like, how are you? And I can't tell you how much it means to me that you guys are just checking up on me. It's so sweet. Um, like, the first one is, how are you feeling? Any better? Are you burnout? Another one's like, what's difficult and what's bringing you joy? And this also harkens back to the last question about, like, spending lots of time by myself. I... I'm just, I don't really think that the burnout is going to end particularly anytime soon. And what, what I mean by that is like, okay, so I've been working through just all the madness that I experienced of 2020, like a very spicy pandemic of, you know, being a caregiver and losing a parent. And, and also like, changing my life overnight and moving across the country, um, and leaving my job and friends. (laughs) And like, I kind of thought like, okay, that's like the maximum changes that I could experience in that time. And like, I started my platform a year after that, like basically a year after, like the one year death anniversary of my mom's when I started my platform as a way to manage that grief. And then six months after starting my platform, where I'd launched already launched the podcast, already launched everything. I realized that I was entering into a whole new chapter where I wasn't really gonna get a break from any of that stuff because now it's on to my dad. Um, my dad, um, who is a really wonderful man and who I love so much, um, he is going through dementia. And so that is like now my next chapter that I'm in. And it's something that I it's been really it's been really hard it's been really impacting me um it's why i took a break in november december of this past year from the podcast um, it takes up a huge part of my mental and emotional energy i'm kind of i'm also like working with an only child situation you know so it's like it's on me to keep an eye on things it's an honor to me to be able to step up to this in a lot of ways because I'm very fortunate to have had such a good and caring dad throughout my life growing up. And so I'm happy to be able to, to return the favor. I think that dealing with the things that I've um, been working through with my parents, it's, it's what most people have to deal with, with their parents, but like for, it tends to be later in life. And so it's like a little bit earlier for me um, than maybe your average uh, it's kind of, it's very close together. Like there's really no break um, I think the dementia started to show up not that long after my mom was gone. And and it's been progressing, I guess, faster than I would have imagined. And so I have to figure that out. And it's messy and ongoing. And it's something where I, I, I will feel very challenged by showing up and being public facing. It's this weird double-edged sword where it's like having this platform and talking to you guys is like, pretty much the best thing, like the best possible gift and outlet and like joy that I could have. And then I also am like always wanting to just curl up and like be not perceived because life is like so uh it's so overwhelming and it's just it's changed so much for me and it's been it's, it's still going on. The changes have been ongoing now for quite a few years and everything was pretty pretty normal in 2019 and like I don't know. I had two healthy, like vegetarian gym rat parents and now it's like, geez, like (laughs) I don't know. It's it's not like (laughs) I was gonna say it's not funny. You guys also know that like I deal with my trauma by like I laugh through it because it is also it's absurd. Like life has felt like an absurd, tragic comedy for a little while now. So I've been also feeling like not allowing myself to be burnt out being like, well, you can't be, cause you have responsibilities. And I realized recently like that's bullshit just because I have these ongoing responsibilities. And just cause there's no real end in sight to my current situation. Um, it doesn't mean I can't just fully lean into feeling like shit and feeling burnt out and, but also like, you know, still trucking along because, um, I find sitting here very fulfilling and it's very good and grounding for me to have this regular thing to be doing every week and talking to you guys. Um, But that's where I'm at. And so I don't know, like, I, I know that this is kind of a specific situation, but I know that like a lot of you guys too, like, (laughs) I was going to say a lot of you guys are struggling. Everyone's struggling with something. Okay. Like everyone is struggling with something to different degrees and, if anything that I'm saying is something that you can relate to you're always feel free to reach out to me just know that I'm glad you found this little corner of the internet of the podcasting world and that we can all just like hang out and take a load off and just giggle together and thanks for hearing me out and thanks for letting me like just sit and talk to you guys this was really nice and just a really nice change um and so yeah I'll be back next week with Sammy P in an episode on the Anna Nicole Smith documentary. So that's it for me.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! D-E-R-M dot com.